With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Of course, we all remember wow. that was it 
last year it was a two thousand it was a ninety dollar stock and even at the start of this year it was a sixty some dollar stock and uh I guess the the um story is no longer being bought on wall street it's, it it would not appear your well, thoughts I, I, for, forgive my ignorance but uh, i mean uh, the money that they're getting the majority of it at least is guaranteed money right and yeah. is it is it that expenses have gone up slightly i mean i don't know what it costs to rent thunderdome i don't i know what it costs to rent the amway center that they're doing is it that they feel like they're not getting a good return on the money. Um, I, I just can't fathom. I mean, to me, it seems like oh, they're controlling the cost as much as they can. Ratings are garbage, but we're, we're told repeatedly that ratings don't matter. So, but, see, I <laughs> so think what that's would the you attribute that to? I, yeah. I think that Wall Street is now on to the fact that, that ratings do matter. And, you know, what, how valuable is this property going to be when these yeah. contracts – come come due they're looking down the road they're not because because you know last quarter they made tons and i mean they had their most profitable ever and you know it didn't work as far as the stock goes it, it didn't work at all well, so it didn't, i think that's well i it. think a, a couple of a couple of things have been revealed and i think they've tipped their hand on a couple of things um one of them is i think the overall vibe is usa is going to sign regardless because they need them but yes. they need to appease Fox, who's the new master for them. And yeah. the moves that they've made um, haven't moved the of the radar for Raw. The ratings are still atrocious. The shows are still deemed sort of critical failures. There's two people I use as my measuring stick for how's Raw doing besides my own opinion. And one of them is an incredibly positive guy, right, named Simon. And whenever Simon is like... That's a thumbs down on that raw. It's unbelievable because that guy is so he, you know, he's pretended to like retribution up to now, right? So he's a soft touch, and even he's the. Like, I'll say. I I thought that they shuffled this thing around. I thought it would get better, and he goes like, "The show is bad." And SmackDown, who's really who they've made all these moves for, right? Moving every yeah. major angle onto there. I don't know if it's moved the needle there either. It's just. It's a rough time for the WWE. And then the other thing they tip their hand on is it was a rumor that I had read, so I followed up with people that I knew. This is a juicy uh, tipping point exclusive, Larry. So <clears throat> there, there was a rumor floating around that Vince McMahon has sort of given up in some way, shape, or form on NXT, um, but mm -hmm. not in the way that most people would want Not in the way most people would want, where, you know, oh, good, Vince McMahon will have nothing to do with NXT, but just in the sense of they're losing to AEW, and they don't show signs of expanding or growing, and he still has input on the show, but he's lost faith in the show. And when I asked people I knew who worked there, under anonymity, of course, they kind of back that up. That there's this feeling around NXT, not that morale is super low, but there is this feeling that they are the, um, they are sort of the redheaded stepchild mm. and that <clears throat> resources are no longer going to be allocated, not meaning money stuff, but little signs like 
Last year, to give NXT a boost, they had them be a huge part of Survivor Series, for example. And apparently there is nothing in the works for having NXT involved in Survivor Series this time. Last time they let NXT kick the shit out of everybody. Oh, yeah. Right? At least, and this year, they're not even going to be a part of it. And that seems to just be a thing of like, you know what? (laughs) We've got other things to worry about. So there's the idea is they can't keep all the balls in the air. And so NXT is going to get sacrificed a little bit. Mm. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Moving on to more local things. Oh, yeah. Before I move on to more local things, hey, only um, you only got to cover fifteen matches tonight on AEW Dark. Jumping Jesus! Yeah, I counted. <laughs> the way I know how many matches they're going to do is this same place puts up, and it's really great that AEW does this. Let me just emphasize how awesome this is from a perspective of somebody who, who reviews their shows. They put up, you know, different matchups. They put, they, you know, they get the pictures of the guys and they do the little graphic for every one of the matches. So I just literally count the pictures. I don't go to any site. I just like count the pictures when they show up on the AEW Facebook thing. And I just went, I know it's bad when I lose count. I'm like, was that 14? Was that 15? I'm just like, Jesus, there's so many matches. But 15 matches, a couple of them seem competitive. Um, I'm curious of what's going to happen on Dynamite because the Abaddon match against Tay Conti, Apparently, they're pulling that thing all together because Abaddon got hurt very severely during that match, oh. apparently. <laughs> which, which goes to this thing of, that's been happening in wrestling in general, but let's be fair, specifically to AEW, which is a lot of injuries. Um, when are they gonna, and, I'm glad you brought that up because when are they going to stop doing these you know, high-risk stuff on shows that that's, seems so unnecessary? I, I don't I understand. agree. But I think it's a bigger problem than that, Larry. Because, I mean, there's no way Abaddon and Tay Conti did anything crazy, right? Yeah. They're not flipping right. around. They're... It just comes down to there's there's kind of a level of – it's one of the things that's great about AEW. There's a sense of urgency on that show that there isn't on WWE. But, Agreed. But there's also a level of frantic energy – which more often than not, sometimes it pays off in this great way. Um, like the frantic energy of like the parking lot brawl, the way that thing felt very spontaneous, yes. even though it was controlled. Yes. But there was this, there were elements of like, can't have known that that spot was going to work, right? <laughs> Until they did it. Which like, you know, when they did the sentons on top of the car roof or on the yes. car hood, I went, you know, there's a lot of ways that could have gone wrong, and <laughs> they're lucky it didn't go wrong, right? And so there's a kind of a danger to that. But then the flip is that frantic energy has often led to bad choices of spots because the things that the guys have gotten the most serious injuries on have been stuff that was infinitely preventable because it's usually yes. just the selection of what they did. It's, you know, it's picking up Nyla Rose and throwing her on Britt Baker, like, there's no reason for that spot to exist, but you could tell they felt pressed to do something bigger, and they've got to fight that urge. I mean, an Abaddon match should be, she takes 10 minutes to crawl to the ring, and the match is two minutes. <laughs> like, that should be an Abaddon match, right? But I guarantee you they did too much, 
And Abaddon, I'll just say it bluntly, she's not that good, right? She's, I mean, she's a consummate PCW wrestler where I, I would just cover her with booking <laughs> like a blanket, right? Like she would never leave her feet. She would never blah. She would spend more time roaring and drooling blood than she would doing a hammerlock. And AEW, man, they just, again, what's the thing I always say? Adult in the room. They need one. Yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah. What else did you want to talk about? Uh, well, you know, we, we, this thing's been, you know, we've had a, several controversial things here in the Georgia and Alabama area in recent weeks. We're going to yes, talk sir. about one of them tonight with uh, Sean Ambrose about what either did or did not take place at the KLT show over the weekend in Rome. But there was something that went down on, at Lariato with uh, Trevor Eon that he didn't talk about publicly, they didn't talk about publicly, but Eric Silva, who's close to Trevor Eon, did talk about it, that evidently he got in trouble over there for making some sort of political posts, supposedly, and yeah. got... Um, so you did you you got this part of the story? I did cover that on um I did cover that a bit on here's here's the story as I understood it and then please fill in the details that Eric okay. Silva adds. Um, okay. So here's the story as I understand it. So Trevor Aon was um, responded to a message that somebody who is Luke Gallows kind of right hand man there. Uh, he's the father of one of the wrestlers. I can't remember the last name. And. Um, he was just like, oh, they're terrorists, Black Lives Matter, they're terrorists, Antifa, blah, blah, blah. And then Trevor Aon defended Black Lives Matter, going like, they're not terrorists, they're not this, they're not that, but then ended it calling him a jackass. And so that prompted him to go to Luke Gallows and squeal on Trevor Aon. So they informed Laser, who's the booker there, and I made a joke that a lot of people commented on, which was like, Oh, Laser's the booker. That's why he's on all the posters, right? <laughs> so um, um, apparently Laser only found out at the last moment. So Trevor Aon showed up for the show thinking he was booked and everything was gravy, and then Laser had to inform him that indeed he was unbooked. So that was the story as I got it from multiple sources. So then evidently what I understand took place after that is that it was alleged that Trevor was intimidating fans at the show. And that had something to do with him being unbooked. But then word got back to one of their major sponsors about this situation. And the end result was the person in question who made the uh, Black Lives Matter, anti-Black Lives Matter post, who, who m- manages under the name Vernon Love, okay. father, of, of, father of Wolverton. That's um, it. That's who it was, yes. He ended up now being taken off the shows. Yes, because um, something else I had heard and not had followed up on, but of course you did because you're Larry Goodman, is that there was a sponsor that was upset and that there was going to be as the great Eddie Murphy would say, consequences and repercussions. <laughs> and um, apparently yes. all of that went down. So, Right, right. So nobody. So I've asked two people, Larry Otto, that I know about this. I've asked Trevor about this. Nobody says, has said anything, has responded back. So I guess they okay. just, you know, I guess everybody's kind of wants to kind of let this go by and let's move on. 
But yeah, I, I, I don't see Trevor. Now, I haven't looked if he's on the poster for this Saturday. Uh, Vernon Love is definitely not on that poster for this Saturday. I would suspect that even if he was allowed back on the shows, which I assume they would allow him, um, anything I had heard about Trevor Aon a couple of weeks ago was he wouldn't go back regardless. Now, lots mm-hmm. of people say lots of stuff like that. <laughs> and so who knows, but that was the last I had heard a couple of weeks ago. So interesting. Always the drama going on. Love it. I love it. Well, let's move on to some more positive things with our guests. What do you say? Absolutely. I'm excited about this one. Me too. Let's let's bring him on. He is the 2020 Future Showcase winner. And he is known as No Flinch. Nolan Edward, welcome to the Tipping Point, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. All right. You're this welcome. Steve. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you the question I'm dying to know. No flint. Oh, okay. Um, I fucking love it. It's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I've never heard of it before, which is very, very unusual in professional wrestling. Um, who the hell came up with no flinch and what possessed you to continue to use it? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's a story in and of itself. Um, <laughs> there's so many layers to this. Wow. So, I was actually at an action show, uh, who I want to say, I don't remember what month, but it was, it was pre COVID and, um, I got hit in the back of the head and I didn't move. And, uh, <laughs> and I kept like there, or, you know, like a, like a stutter or a flinch that would come before that. Um, like, Oh, I hear somebody running up behind me. So I'm going to start to turn around. I just stood still and just, and just got decked in the back of the head. And Sobro Mose, who now is just Mose because he, he's not with uh, Sobros anymore, he uh, on a podcast that he interviewed me on two weeks after, he um, he gave me the nickname No Flinch, and I didn't I didn't run with it at all. I didn't kind of I didn't tell anybody about it, but without me saying anything, uh, a ring announcer at Paradigm Pro Wrestling in Indiana during my ring intro called me no flinch. So I'm assuming he had heard the podcast. Um, yeah. And then, and then next thing you know, the show I was on the weekend after that. And um, they said the same thing. They said, no flinch, Nolan Edward. And I wasn't, I wasn't telling them to say it. Uh, it just happened. <laughs> yeah. It's, and then it's, ever it's, since it's, then, it's, it's just, yeah. It's so organic. It's so organic that I knew it would be a great story whoever that ring announcer was, was one of the few that I think actually deserve an award (laughs) because I'm biased against ring announcers. Um, I think that's an awesome, awesome story. Has having the name no flinch influenced you now in any way, shape or form as far as like, Oh, how so? That's awesome. How so? I mean, I've never, I haven't really changed anything uh, with how I wrestle. If anything, it's just more, obvious to people given the nickname now so um you know the typical the typical hand the habit of oh i'm about to get a chair swung at my head might as well not put my hand up uh that's never changed but uh i i kind of look at it as people were telling me when i got that nickname people were coming up to me saying oh this is what no flinch means and i would always just look at them and say oh okay yeah sure 
thinking like, who are you to say what it means? <laughs> um, in the nicest way possible, but so many people would come up to me every weekend saying, oh, so this is what no flinch is, and this is what it is, telling me what they think it is. And I kind of came to a conclusion that I, I, to me, no flinch means not knowing when I've had enough. Mm. Kind of. Uh, I take it, I take it as um, there's no, I, what's a good way? I think that's the best way I could explain it is how I, yeah, I, I think so. I, th- I think how you're conveying it is if, if a wrestling match or anything else is like this life is this big game of chicken you're never going to be the guy who pulls to the side. <laughs> I know. I I saw somebody tweet. I heard you swear earlier. Are we allowed to swear? Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, would, they would, I, could, I couldn't have done this for years if, if we couldn't swear. Oh, fuck yeah. Thank you so much. It's just who I am. It's, it's my nature. Um, no flinch, buddy. So somebody, no flinch. Yeah. I'm not a I, – I, something that comes with that, too, is I always tell people, you might run a PG show, but I'm not a PG wrestler. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but anyways, I think the best explanation I've ever gotten on it is uh, recently doing ICW No Holds Barred shows. A fan took a liking to me, tweeted uh, during a match announcement that I have for their Tampa, Florida shows coming up. He said, oh, Nolan Edwards – you know he's going to get his ass beat, but you know he's also not a bitch. And <laughs> I think that was probably the one of the best tweets to explain how I wrestle. So I was like, that guy gets it. Like, yes, I am going to get my ass beat, but I'm also not going to back down. And I love that explanation of it. So, uh, uh, by the way, we just lost Steve, so hopefully he'll be back in just a second. You, am I right? You've only been wrestling two and a half years or so is that is that accurate yeah so i'll i'll be wrestling for three years june 9th of 2021 to what do you attribute your uh rapid advancement as a pro wrestler what do i attribute to what do you attribute? yeah what do you attribute how did you how'd you get so damn good because if, if larry likes you that's high praise because Larry, I mean, Larry's seen it all, and Larry's, like, desperate to get you on the show. So how'd you get so damn good in three <laughs> years, man? Especially with not being able to, you know, with COVID, I'm sure the booking slowed down and all of that. No, I actually, I've gotten more. Well, the, okay, let me, initially when COVID hit and nobody was wrestling, yeah. nobody was, right? Like, there was two right. or three months where nobody was. But when shows started opening back up, I've been the busiest I've ever been. Oh, wow. Um, Maybe not the busiest I've ever been, but as far as quality shows go, uh, yeah, the busiest, I've, like the most hectic travel schedule I've ever had, that's for sure. But um, I don't know. I've always been a guy where, where I started in kind of like I refer to as territory. So where I started in like a Canadian territory and then Detroit. Um, everybody kind of told you like uh, this isn't it and you need to get out and when I was starting, when I, cause I've, I've gone to six different, maybe five, I have to, I'd have to recount, but five different wrestling schools. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because my original, I originally trained in Flint, Michigan and the trainers there were so dead, dead set on learn what you can here and then go somewhere else and then travel, mm. travel, travel, travel. And nobody did. 
from that area. Uh, I, if I, being completely honest, out of the people that I trained with in Flint, I'm the only one that travels for wrestling. Uh, yeah. And that's two and a half years ago. And um, I was I was training there for two months before I had my first match. Um, I was I was told I'd have my first match after six months, depending on where I was. And then at two months, they had somebody leave because they had somebody leave the venue because they, were, they realized there was only 12 fans that showed up. And they said, this isn't worth it. They said, this isn't worth it. And they randomly grabbed me by my shirt, pulled me next to my trainer at the time. And they said, hey, you're going to have a match. You're opening the show. Good luck. <laughs> and I thought, oh, wow. Um, since then, since then, I've, since then, I've trained from Flint to Windsor to Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan, to Dayton, Ohio, to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's, I kind of just accredit taking advantage of respecting people enough that when uh, I, they told me, you need to get out and you need to branch out and travel if you want to do this. And I just took it seriously. Yeah. What you got to do. I mean, that just makes me so, how, how old are you? I know you said before, I'm, 20, but... I'm 22 years old. Holy fucking shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't train till I was 23. So like, Oh my God. So yeah. 22, um, you've kind of been to a lot of places, probably got to experience things that most guys don't get to experience um, on multiple levels. Um, so when, when you got the call to be part of this scenic city thing, um, did you already know about it? I mean, obviously you'd wrestled for action before. So what no, was your mindset? Had... Okay. So what was your mindset when you got, did they contact you? Did you contact them? I'm curious about no, that. So, so I had just moved oh, shit. This is um I was living in Windsor, Ontario. Okay. I I got a job that required me to move to Nashville, Tennessee, and I was lucky enough to get in with the right people that really get out. Um yeah. like uh like Righteous Jesse and uh Hardway Heater and Brad Ison and I would get in cars with them pretty often when I first moved. It was really odd because I've always Brett kind of Ison? Been... Was Brett Ison one of the guys that you Wow. Sorry, like I, yeah, I that's, you that's, know that, that's family wow. to me. Um, yeah, yeah. Heard great things um, from people that I care about. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I kinda it was weird though, you know, like I've I've only ever lived in the UP the, uh, of Michigan yeah. or Mich or Michigan or then Windsor, and so now all of a sudden I'm in a completely new area. And within the first week of me living there, I'm asking strangers, "Hey, can I get in your car and go to this show?" Um, that was the case. I ended up riding to a New South show in Alabama um, with some of them, and I showed up and. I think Donnie Janella looked at me and he was like, I, I had just wrestled at IWA Mid-South the week before this. And I think hmm. Donnie was there. And um, I walked in and he saw me and he said, oh, and like snapped at me and pointed at me. And he said, you're good. Do you want to be in this six-man tag match? <laughs> and, um, and so I ended up getting put in this random six-man tag match and then 
like five minutes before we went out, Donnie kind of looked at me and he said, Hey, can you like do everything that way you can get brought back? And I said, Oh yeah. Uh, so within five minutes I had to get a completely different mindset, but it just so happened that action Matt was there watching the show and immediately after he gave everybody in the locker room feedback about the match, and um, I, he took me outside, and we talked outside for a little bit. And he, that's when he he asked me, like, he's like, where are you from? I was like, oh, I live in Nashville right now. I'm from Windsor. I had just quit my job at Impact Wrestling. And um, he was like, what? And I was like, yeah. He, uh, and then he kind of asked me, he's like, well, we do this tournament. What are you doing in August? And I was like, I'm there. I had no clue what it was. Uh, right. But that's not that's not the world's fault. That's my fault. I always like to ask that question when anybody doesn't know something about someone or something. Like, is that your fault or the world's fault? Like, who, <laughs> like and and it was my fault that I didn't know what it was. But I was definitely so new to the area. But that's how I got asked. Was there? Nice. I just said, yeah, I'm free. <laughs> so the uh, the future showcase booking preceded your match with Angelus Lane. And your obviously you preceded the one with Drake, but it preceded the one with Angela Slane. Yes. It, so, what? Speaking of mindset, can you talk about your mindset going in and with the ring with a woman, and you, the two of you beating the hell out of each other? I don't. I've man, I've caught a lot of shit for um, this kind of a funny story. I actually got fired. <laughs> air quotes, because you don't get fired in independent wrestling, but um, <laughs> you, just, you, just, you, just, you just stop getting used, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually got fired from Mid-South uh, after wrestling there for like five weeks, because I did an intergender, and in, I put air quotes up again, because I just consider it wrestling, but um, yeah. I did a, I, I wrestled, I wrestled Billy Starks, and um and they didn't like that because it was 40 miles away from Mid-South. And uh, he said, hey, if I got big – it was kind of like a conversation of I've got big plans for you, and if you want to go do that, then we won't use you anymore. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it. I love you. I love you. I did it, and then <laughs> – and again, the latest thing I've read is IW, you know, Mid South pissing and moaning because they had three shows within like a week or two, and like they drew less than a hundred combined for all three. So it's one of these where it's like <sighs> don't even, they don't get don't to, they don't practice. get to be they don't get to be um, they don't get to beg and be exclusive. You know what I mean? So like. Uh, enough, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I like the cut of your jib, young man. Yeah, like, uh, you know what, fuck them. No, like. <laughs> yeah, I, that's my mindset is whenever somebody does something, I'm just like, nah, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> people joke about it. People joke about it with me that whenever they know I don't like something, sometimes if we're in a group of people that know me really well and somebody's shooting about what some like somebody said about them, it's just kind of like you hear head turn, head turn, head turn, and they all look at me, and they're just dead silent waiting for me to tell this person, and then I always go, like, oh, fuck them. 
Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I got a lot of, I got a lot of shit that day for wrestling Billy Starks because I don't approach, uh, an intergender match the way that you should as a professional wrestler. And I was like, Oh, that's bullshit. Cause it's just a wrestling match. But, um, that's kind of the same thing that happened with the Angeles match. They were like, well, that was too violent. That was too this, that was too that. I was like, that's just how I wrestle. I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to wrestle just like you. I'm built differently. Like I'm not here to try to be a carbon copy of someone else. I'm going to wrestle the way I want to, and I'm going to fight the way I want to. And it just so happens that me and Angela's both like to hit people in the face really hard. So that was <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like there was anything going on that she wasn't down for doing. I mean, <laughs> no. So yeah, yeah there's a joke yeah. too. There, uh, I always get asked sometimes. They're like, "Where are you not okay with?" And I always tell people, I'm "Like, you could stab me, and I'd be fine." <laughs> well, so, that, uh, that that leads me to the match with J.D. Drake, another <laughs> grueling physical match. Your thoughts on that match? That was like a long time coming kind of thing. Um. I had done film work for Evolve uh, for a good year and a half before I became a pro wrestler um, and started having matches and then kind of went away because I I just started wrestling. So I wasn't going to try and do Evolve tryouts and get on an Evolve show like people were yeah. at the time. Uh, but then I felt like enough time had passed and uh, I showed up to... Uh, to an Evolve show and I was like man they're still doing the tryouts and I ended up filming that day so then I think three or four months later when they when they ran another show again where they were doing a tryout I messaged JD Drake and I said hey because we've talked before and because um, he's just he's just a sociable guy and kind of like a locker room leader to the point where I would always just talk to him um, I kind of asked him for advice about doing one of the tryouts in front of Sapolsky and everything. And he just said, just be you. At the time, I'm not going to lie. I didn't know who I was. Not even like, yeah. as I was trying, I was trying to be, I was trying to be what other people wanted me to be as a pro wrestler, because I just got out of that school in Windsor where they're telling you, this is what you got to do. And if you're not good at it, we won't use you for TV. And uh, so I was trying to be that carbon copy that they needed. And, so when JD said, just be you, I was like, oh, wow. Um, so I did the tryout and I didn't end up getting picked. And so I went on my way. And then um, that's kind of when I said, from that point on, I said, oh, man. like, you just got to, you just got to do what makes you happy. Try not to wear this just because that's what wrestlers are wearing or do this move. Cause that's, what's cool. Um, that's kind of when I reevaluated it. So the fact that I got to wrestle JD Drake finally, after getting such quality advice from him and him being there to like do that for me. Um, God, that was insane. That was like, that was probably the biggest thing to happen to me at that point. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't approach it any differently though. Like that's just, that's mm-hmm. just how I, I'm very much the person where I am going to egg you on. Cause I want you to keep hitting me. Um, as dumb as that sounds, but <laughs> it, I don't know. It, it kind of just, it, if you watch any of my matches, I'm typically the smaller person. Um, and I'm always, 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 always trying to find something to just piss the person off. 
so they can keep hitting me just to like, just so they just, there's just a shot. So like, why, why does he keep wanting to get hit? Um, that JD Drake match is probably like the best example of that. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you got coming up soon? Like what's, uh, what's next on the agenda? Where are you going to be? It sounds like you're traveling and now things have kind of opened up. Uh, in almost every state that you would probably wrestle in. So how busy are you going to be now and where are you going to be? So um, for the remainder of 2020, uh, I don't know. I feel like some people are still giving up on 2020, but they forget that there's months left. Um, I'm going to be showing up a lot at ICW, No Holds Barred in New Jersey, as well as traveling to Florida with them, doing the Pit Fighter shows and and the No Hold Barred shows. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, because I recently did Pit Fighter X2 and then No Holds Barred uh, Volume 7, which was their uh, Deathmatch Horror Story show. And yeah. um, I got Please Come Back Chance both nights, so then they're doing that. They're bringing me back for Pit Fighter in November, as well as Sweet. Pit Fighter in November the following week in Tampa, as well as the No Holds Barred show the day after. Um and then I'm popping up at uh, Alex Cologne's Unsanctioned. Uh, it's it's kind of like a, a joke of a show name, but it, it's perfect. It's his third annual Quinceanera Bash or something. <laughs> but Alex Cologne, is, Alex Cologne is doing a birthday show in Ohio. And uh, I'll be on that. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> there's a shirt. There's a shirt for it. And I'm definitely getting for that reason. Nice. Um, I'm just going to keep popping up at ICW and uh, unsanctioned as well as uh, I believe there is an unsanctioned and paradigm show joint show in December as well. Gotcha. Fuck a duck. I guess I'm going to come to the Tampa one. Um, I'm I'm in Orlando, but I'm, I I don't go to shows. (laughs) I think you just talked me into going. And I, that's why I sound so regretful because I don't go to fucking wrestling shows anymore. But uh, I think you talked me in. I think I'm going to go. Yeah, if it's in Tampa, I don't have an excuse to not. It's only an, a little over an hour drive for me. So I'm yeah, going to definitely check that from out. New Jersey. We're traveling from New Jersey to Tampa for two shows back to back, two days in a row. So I don't see why you shouldn't. Nice. Do, do, do you know where it is in Tampa? Do you know where the location is? I mean, I can find out easily. There's course. one show in Newport, Richie, which I've wrestled there okay. several times before. And then I believe the Saturday show is in Tampa. But um, okay. there is an address on any ICW page that you nice. can find. Absolutely. Larry, uh, any last questions? For yeah, I mean, in, in your, in your uh, fledgling career, you've wrestled in a lot of different environments, a lot of different places. Got any favorites or unfavorites of the of the different places you've ventured into? <laughs> unfavorites, that's nice. <laughs> what do you mean environment? What do you mean by environment? Different buildings, different promotions, different setups. Oh man. I uh there's this there's this hall in Toronto that I've wrestled at before that was very cool. Um I've only I only wrestled there a couple times though before I, I uh left. Um I really like that. Uh the basement east for Southern Underground Pro is uh uh-huh. 
yeah. a very sentimental building to a lot of people. So even though I was new to it and only wrestled there three times, two, give it, yeah, three times before um, everything that happened and then it getting rebuilt, um, it quickly becomes a very important building to you, even if you just wrestled there once before. As long as you take it seriously, it does. Um, which I'm always somebody to take it seriously. I'd say I'd say the building in Toronto, uh, the basement East, and then uh, the bloodshed in New Jersey for ICW is insane. <laughs> those would be uh, those would be my my top three. I'm curious because I I have not been live, and I just I enjoyed it on the video of the um, future showcase that um, TWE building in Chattanooga. Seem to have a, yeah, they've, have a got, nice vibe they've got too. screens. They've got screens on the wall. It's like the ring doesn't get the ring doesn't move. It's dedicated to TWE. I think that's really cool. Nice. nice. It echoes. It echoes a lot. Um, I know that much. Last thing: Are you coming back to action anytime soon? Uh, I'll be coming back to action in the new year. Um, the old saying of you got to go away for a little bit, I guess. <laughs> um, there was there was some there was some stuff that came up that I couldn't uh, miss out on uh, that were running the same days as Action Days, and they were very. I was I was lucky enough that they understand and wanted me to take opportunities that were given to me. So in yeah. 2021, I will be back at Action. Um, but as far as 2020 goes, I just kind of want to sit back and see what the hell Angelus Lane is doing so I can pinpoint the right the right time to come back and and if she's if she's been on a wreck and a tear then I need to put it to a stop again cuz I need to wrestle Angelus Lane one more time. Uh, <laughs> I need that. Uh so I'll be paying attention to Angelus, I'll be paying attention to AC Mack. But I mean I mean I've main evented a action show now. So I feel like I can say that I can look out for AC Mack in the action championship. I feel like that's fair enough. Yeah. Well, this was a pleasure, man. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Tampa. I'll be the the schmuck in the green jacket. um, There you go. That some wrestling Mark will be asking too many questions to, and I'll be trying to ignore. So (laughs) so, perfect. Looking forward to meeting you. Uh, thanks for talking with us and taking the time, man. We appreciate it. I'm looking thanks, forward Nolan. to it, too. Thank you, guys. Take care. Um, oh, Larry. You could probably tell I was a, I was a little bit smitten there. 22. <laughs> 22 years old. Yeah. Man. A little maturity yeah, on that guy, I'd say, for 22. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've been saying it for the last couple years, I guess, like when we, we interviewed different guys who went on to bigger, better things, right? Like Austin Theory and whatnot. And um, I don't know, uh, there's, you know, people want to say so many negative things about sort of young wrestlers, right? They're not about the hard scrabble lifestyle. They'd rather go play video games than go get drunk and, you know, blah, blah. At the same time, there's a level of, I mean, there, there really are guys who are standing on the shoulders of giants as far as experience goes. I think there's people who have figured out that there's kind of a balance to this thing, right? If you're too deferent, you get overlooked. And if you're too much of an asshole, people don't want to work with you. But if you, if you tread the line where you're looking out for yourself, looking out for the guys, um, 
that, that that's going to get rewarded now in a very direct and immediate fashion. And I think Noah's is sort of a reflection of that, where he's standing up for himself in the right ways, but obviously is also a guy that does business and is willing to travel and willing to put himself out there. So there's really nothing to complain about unless you're just some guy who has a hard and fast rule and you want to whine. That's what it seems like to me. So I see that yeah. as a positive for sure. So. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, yeah, if you could get a chance to see him live, do it. You will not regret it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, not. Larry, you know, I mean, that was, that was, that was a shoot, brother. I am not inclined to go to wrestling shows. We know that. I'm right? well aware. I like, <sighs> so, I mean, for me to go to a promotion that I never heard of, and Tampa is a hall for me. Like, I know he's saying, oh, I'm driving for New Jersey. Yeah, you're on the fucker, right? Like, I, <laughs> I have a million other things I could be doing. But uh, I'm interested in seeing him, and I'm interested in seeing that show. So, good job. And you know what? And I give action a lot of shit on a regular basis. But I cannot deny that they are very encouraging to wrestlers to sort of improve their careers. And that is a great mentality to have. And I think Nolan is one of the many beneficiaries of that mentality. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll mention another one, a guy that, that anybody who's been reading what I've been writing lately knows that I'm very high on Alex Kane. Um, you know, he did, he uh, got into that future showcase and, you know, now he's getting booked other places because he did future yeah. and because he got noticed yeah. there. So they do, they do help. Uh, action does help get guys, get other bookings. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, That's the name of the game. Hey, let's bring on our uh, our other guest. This is the juicy dessert. I'm, I'm looking yes. forward to this. <laughs> and he was he was n- nice enough to do it on short notice, and we're really happy to have him. He is the driving force behind the Superstars Fan Fest in Rome. He's also now the commissioner at KLT Wrestling in Rome. Uh, we're glad to have him on the tipping point tonight. Welcome, Sean Ambrose. Hey guys. Hey, hey, what's going on, Sean? How are you? Man, I'm just living the dream, and, and don't forget, sometimes dreams are also nightmares. So, <laughs> 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 All right. Sean, I'm going to do something pretty rare for me, which is I'm going to let you just take the floor now. I've heard about, you know, oh, this incident happened here and blah, blah, blah. But nobody will tell me what the fuck is going on because they want me to be surprised by your your side of the story. So can you please just lay out, if you know what I'm talking about, can you just lay it out and explain it to me as if I am a second grader? Because I really have no idea what the whole thing is about because nobody will tell me. Sure. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's 2020, so news travels fast. Uh, good news travels slow, but bad news travels fast. So, uh, and and now that we have social media as a uh, driving force behind that, obviously it only takes a couple of people to uh, really get a story out there. And um, and and unfortunately, that's kind of what happened with uh, an incident that happened at KLT uh, on Saturday night. So um, I'm uh, happy to have the opportunity to set the record straight. And uh, and to you know acknowledge some things uh, that's been reported that are true, and some things were way out there. Uh, but <clears throat> here's what happened. And just to give you a little background on KLT, uh, it 
Uh, up until, I don't know, maybe a month ago, it was the only wrestling promotion in Rome, Georgia. And Rome's got a very big, long history of um, professional wrestling, indie wrestling. Uh, some of the best that's ever wrestled has passed through Rome, Georgia at one point or another. And then we kind of went through uh, several years where there was nothing. And that's when I started promoting uh, about 10 years or so ago, uh, bringing in, uh, started with TNA Impact, brought them in a couple of times, and then started doing the Fan Fest. And I uh, haven't really done anything else besides uh, the Fan Fest until I got a phone call from um, Tony Zane. I'm sorry, Todd Zane. Um, and he was, he asked me, you know, Hey, would you be interested in coming in and being the commissioner of KLT? And I was like, well, why not? I mean, I've got 30 minutes left that I don't sleep. So let's do that. And, uh, <laughs> so, so we, uh, so I agreed to do that. And this actually, um, I've, I've done that for two shows now. Uh, we, it, and it's, uh, I mean, if you want to go back and look at old wrestling, I mean, that's what this is. This is, a, this is not a wrestling show. This is a wrestling show. I mean, this is back old days, 80s version of what you would come to see uh, a wrestling show. So uh, we've got wrestling fans and we've got wrestlers in a wrestling building with no air conditioning. I mean, it is, it's it's old school as you can get. And uh, it is awesome. It's great. Uh, really brings me back to my childhood. But anyway, um, T uh, is, uh, was formed by uh ricky wiggins and his he named it after his wife who has died uh and i'm not exactly sure how she died uh but she died she was a big wrestling fan and he uh created klt in her honor and it's been going on for i guess about three or four years now and um it's gone through several different bookers uh right now the booking is being done uh, by uh todd stancil and, uh, and, and, you know, it's just old wrestling storytelling is what it is. So Saturday night, um, we have a bad guy faction uh, at KLT called the Peachtree Mafia. And the Peachtree Mafia is made up of several old school bad guys, uh, including um, someone that you guys are probably familiar with from the 80s, uh, a guy by the name of Mr. Atlanta. And... Uh, I'm not going to yeah I I believe in kayfabe so I'm not going to throw real names out there we'll just call it the, you know what it is. Uh so Mr. Atlanta is one of the members of the Peachtree Mafia. Uh that night the story was uh the Peachtree Mafia is trying to take over KLT and they want Ricky Wiggins who is the owner to sign ownership over to KLT. I mean to the uh to the Peachtree Mafia. And uh, he declines the mafia attacks, all right? So they attack Ricky, uh, and that brings one of our guys out um, from the back to help out. Well, he gets in the ring, and Mr. Atlanta takes a screwdriver and uh, starts hitting him over the head with the screwdriver. And and then he, you know, he bleeds, and, uh, and then the... Uh, you know, here comes the cavalry, and, and it clears the ring. So Mr. Atlanta is out of the ring. He's walking past a fan. He takes the screwdriver and throws it into her lap and says, I, I, I guess you don't think this is fake anymore. Take a look at that. And he throws the uh, screwdriver at her. 
Well, she loses her mind and flips out. So uh, she was sitting on the front row. Uh, she had been heckling the wrestlers all night, so she was very involved, very engaged in the in the matches. Uh, just it, it, it's the perfect fan that you want at any wrestling show. You want somebody to be engaged, giving the sure, bad guys hell and cheering on the good guys, you know. And she was doing all of that. So, um, and maybe that's why he chose her. I don't know, but he tosses the the screwdriver into her lap, and she screams, and everybody goes to the back. You know the the, and we're we're trying to finish up the show, and and people say, Mister Atlanta hit this girl, Mister Atlanta hit this girl, and I'm in the ring as the commissioner trying to set up the next show. I'm I'm not fully aware of what's going on, uh, and I get to the back, and Mister um, Atlanta says, uh, "What? Somebody says I hit them out there." I said, "Well, who was it?" And I found out who it was. It's someone who has been to every. Uh, fan fest I've ever done. They are a local wrestling fan family, um, and uh, so I've, the mother comes into the back and is discuss and is talking with us, letting us know, hey, she, you know, screamed when you threw the screwdriver into her lap, uh, and I, she said, I believe it hit her in the face, and Mister Atlanta was like. Uh, now at this point he's out. He's not in character anymore. All right, he's taking his mask off. He's in the back. We're all discussing this, trying to get to the bottom of it. He said, "I promise I would never throw anything in anybody's face. I put it in. I threw it in her lap, and and that's what I did." And she said, "Well, it hit her face." And he said, "Well, I certainly didn't mean to do that. If it happened, I'm very sorry. I was back there when all this was going on with with the apology and everything." And um, so. Uh, the, the girl comes back to the back. Mr. Atlanta apologizes to the mother, apologizes to the girl. We look at the girl's face. I didn't see any marks on her on her face where she may have been hit. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It could have grazed her face. But here is the whole thing that probably caused the, the, the incident to, to happen the way that it did. The girl that he threw the, uh, I'm not going to say threw it. He didn't like baseball throw it. He tossed it into her lap is uh, special needs. She is also 90% okay. deaf. So, uh, and and I had talked to Larry about this um, off air, um, kind of similar situation. I've dealt with special needs kids before. I know Larry has. And with these folks, uh they amplify every emotion. So if it's, if they love you and, and believe me, I know this to be a fact because every time I go to KLT, these people love me. As soon as I come out of the curtain, they are on me, hugging me like, like little kids. It's great. You know, I, I love being a positive in somebody's life like that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the girl, she, she special needs. So when he, when this great big six foot three, 300 pound man, tosses a screwdriver into her lap and says, it's not fake, look at that. She freaks out, understandably so, because of her condition. Uh, And, of course, that's going to draw a crowd, and the crowd comes over, and, you know, and and from there, it's uh, in the back, Mr. Atlanta punched a a special needs uh, fan, 
and she's laid out on the floor out, and then he won't even go out there and say he's sorry. I mean, that, it, it took literally 10 to 15 minutes for that story to go from he tossed a screwdriver into her lap to he punched a girl in the face. Yeah. And the the true story is of all the people that he could have chosen to be a part of the show that night, he happens to toss a screwdriver into the lap of a special needs fan who is a super fan, and she overreacted, and and, um, and and it scared her, basically, is what it did. Sure. Well, now, you know, so, Sean, I, I appreciated that you were willing to field my call about this. By the by, the time I got the, the – the what got to me about this story was that, one, as you said, he had hit a special needs kid at the show. And, right. two, he was telling people in the back that was good heat. That was good. No, now I will say this. The angle that we did at the end of the night, that place was on fire before. Uh, well, it was good heat, but not, 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 the, not yeah. the part with the girl. That's not what he was referring no, to. No, 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 no. No, we, th- those people were ready to, I mean, this was, I mean, this was uh, back in the day when, you know, you had to wait in the locker room. You couldn't leave because of yeah. uh, fear that someone's going to jump you on your way to your car. That, that's the kind of heat we had Saturday night from an angle, not from the girl getting hit because the girl, the girl that got the screwdriver in the lap, her mom comes to the back. Mr. Atlanta has his mask off. They're talking to each other. They know each other. I mean, that, that's how well connected this, this family is. But she's special needs. And as soon as she said that to Mr. Atlanta, you could see his face just, I mean, melt. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, really? You know, of, of all people, he didn't want – this guy is a, a massive heel with the mask on. But he's, he's a, uh, in the limited amount of time that I've had any interaction with him, he is a, he's a soft dude. I mean, he, he he truly felt bad that it even happened. And uh, well, and then once all this happened and the family has gotten onto Facebook and said, you know, they've cleared the air and said, hey, we're fine. Everything's fine. It was, you know, it, it's not what it, what it was made out to be. We'll be back at the show. I've talked to Mr. Atlanta. We're all fine. You know, they, they've cleared the air on their end. And, uh, yeah. but we had two workers that just they they went and did emotional Facebook posts, which we've all done it. You know, we all get pissed off about something and get on Facebook and and just let the world have it without really thinking or getting more sides to the story or something like that. And that's what happened with this situation. Yeah, you know the thing. The other thing that struck me about it was when I heard it was Mr. Atlanta was. Yeah, not that not that there's any, any excuse for any wrestler at any point to do something like that, but we're talking about a guy that's been wrestling over 35 years. Yeah. Um, so it just didn't didn't make any sense that you know he would intentionally do anything of that nature. Right. Yeah. So Larry, what else did you want to ask him about? Oh well, oh, was... g- got to get, get the latest on the on the uh, fan fest. Okay, man. Well, you want to talk about a show? I have been. I feel like I've been promoting this show for like twelve years now. I mean, <laughs> this one show, the one show, not the, you know, all six that we've done or five, however many it's been. But this will be the fifth, or should have been. We should have already done the seventh one by now. I feel like. But anyway, so 
man, the Fan Fest. We go all the way back to 2018. We had uh, scheduled a Fan Fest to happen. Uh, we the, the building where we were having it at, there was a problem with the building. They had to uh, scrap the date, and we moved it. And we moved it to uh, April of 2020. And we found a headliner in Sting. We had about 20 uh, wrestlers coming. I mean, out of those 20, probably 12 were WWE Hall of Famers. Uh, we had pre-sales. We're doing great. We have meet and greet doing great. Everything's going great. And then COVID-19 comes in. And, man, we held on until the our dying breath before we ever canceled. Or not canceled. We didn't cancel. Before we postponed uh, the April show. And um, we postponed it because, you know, we, it was the right thing to do at the time. It was the beginning of the pandemic. We didn't. And we were afraid to breathe. You know, we didn't know anything about it. So um, we moved it to October. We figured, well, shoot, surely by October this will be under control. Life will be back to normal, and we can have our fan fest. Well, were we wrong? So um, October comes, and um, actually, no, it was April, May, June, July, September, October. Yeah, it was October. Okay. Um, so the October show, we, we just moved Sting, moved everybody. We're going to do it in October. Well, we found out, I don't know, probably around July or August uh, that COVID is not going anywhere. And not only that, but we have uh, crowd restrictions. So we can't have the 1,500 to 2,000 people that we typically have at our show. Uh, we uh, the, the venue is going to allow 500 people. And I said, well, we... We can't do that. And bringing in someone like Sting, our vendor that's bringing Sting in, would never make his money back on a 500 person attendance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we said, all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're we're just going to do three mini shows. We're going to do one in uh, October, one in January, and we'll do one in April. And our whole thought was, the further we get into these three shows, the more we're going to be able to have people in the venue. And October came, we were, uh, our, we had, we didn't really have a headliner. We actually had Animal was going to come, and two weeks before the show, he passed away. Uh, and um, a, not long, actually it wasn't two weeks, it was about a month, about a month before the show, he passed away. And it wasn't long after that, maybe a week later, uh, the county government where the venue is, who actually owns the venue, said that they're not going to allow any indoor events and that our show would be canceled. So I'm like, oh, God. So couldn't do it in October. And at that point, I said, well, we're, we're not going to do the mini thing. We're not going to do the January thing either because I feel like, we're, you know, if they're not going to let us do it in October, we can't do it in January either. So we have moved everything to April 2021 and hope that COVID will be under control and at least enough to where we can have indoor events again. And, uh, and that's when we're going to try to get the fan fest. that has been going on since 2018 to finally happen. Yeah. And your, your hope will be, this will be a, the full scale fan fest, not a five, yeah. not a 500. Yeah. Okay. No, great. We can't bring, we can't bring thing in, with only 500 people showing up, uh, the vendor will lose. Absolutely. His. So we have to, uh, we have to give, we got to be full on, no restrictions, because the fans were upset because they were like, well, we're going, we want to come, but we want to have pictures made with somebody with a mask on. 
you know, unless they're supposed to have a mask on, like a luchador or something, but, you know, but they don't want to be wearing a mask when they have their picture made with people. And it's like, well, I get that, you know. And uh, and then, you know, some of our wrestlers, uh, our legends that were coming, you know, these guys, they don't wrestle anymore because they're old, you know, and, and they're done. Their career's over. A lot of them have medical issues. So the last thing they yeah. want to do is catch something like this. And they have just decided not to do uh, appearances. And Sting's one of them. Sting is not leaving his house until this is over. Uh, and several others were like that too. Now some of them are starting to creep back out because honestly, this is how they make their money. And they're either going to be homeless or they take a chance and go out and do appearances and you know sign autographs and stuff. But right. Uh, so we had a lot going against us, and we still do. But we're hopeful for April. Uh, that we're going to be able to finally get this show in the book, uh, in the books, with with Sting as the headliner, hopefully, and yes. and all and the and the vendors and and sponsors and the like are, are still seem like they're on board with everything. Have people been understanding, or is, has that been a challenge as well? No, it's actually I'm surprised. Um, I'll, we have only had maybe six people request a refund for tickets. Uh, okay. Since we put them on sale in eight, in uh, 2018, uh, that's for tickets to the event itself. We've maybe had a handful of people want uh, refunds for meet and greets, but for the most part, everybody's just on board and like, "Hey, we're with you, and we know you're finally you're we we know you're eventually going to have this show, and you know we're on board, we're with you." Our sponsors, same way, they haven't they haven't budged. I've been in contact with them, vendors, the same thing. You know, we're we're going to do this. Just please be patient with us. Obviously, this is not our fault. There's nothing we could do. If we could do the show, we'd do the show. And uh, everybody's very understanding. Great. Well, here's hoping it all it all pulls together for April. And yes. and thanks for came, coming on and uh, telling the tale and clearing the air and all of that good stuff. Is there is there anything you want to say here at the end? Anything? Any shout outs you want to give or? Anything that you feel like you need to clarify further about anything? No, I would just like to say, um, you know, if if, uh, if you're in the, you know, Rome area, uh, we're one of those few promotions that are, uh, you know, we, we have anywhere from 200 to 300 people at every show. Uh, and, and the ticket prices are uh, $5 a person. So it's uh, very inexpensive, yeah. the perfect. The person who owns the promotion, we're really trying to push him to do 10 uh, because we're wanting to get some of those uh, upper echelon um, uh, talent in Georgia that, because some of those guys won't come for, you know, cheap. And but right. we want them to come at, to our show. I mean, I'm really good friends with the guys who run Southern Honor Wrestling. Uh, what they put together is nothing short of amazing. And uh, they're the standard. So we're all chasing them. and uh, and, and we want you know, we want that level of talent at our show. Uh, and um, but come on out. I mean, it's a it's a great raffling venue, uh, and and you'll really have a good time. You'll you'll feel like you're back in the '80s, and you know, just good good clean family fun. Nice man. Well, thanks for coming on. Best of luck. Of course, all of us would <laughs> would love it if the fan fest was up and running. I know a number of people were just disappointed at having to postpone it. Um, but obviously your heart's in the right place and you're dealing with all of these different things. You seem like you're dealing with it as best as you can. 
So if anybody's giving you shit, shit, they should go fuck themselves. <laughs> I know how hard I know how hard the position you're in is, and uh, I appreciate you. And hopefully in April everything's going to be cooking, and uh, we'll we'll talk again before then. Um, for because for the best of reasons, which is so what's going on at this fan fest and uh, who's going to be there? It's going to be super exciting. So thank you. Exactly. Thanks, yes, sir. I appreciate the opportunity. You guys have a great night. You too. Well, cool. Well, good show in the books there, Larry. Um, where are you going to be this weekend, young man? I <laughs> am probably going to be in Piedmont, Alabama. We're a little oh. short-handed this weekend because Rob Rod is out of commission with work i would love to go to wrestling united too on saturday because that that looks that's pretty yeah, good line show that that shows a comer yeah that shows a comer yeah. for sure so, but i don't think i'm going to be able to pull off too so i think i'll probably go to piedmont but you'll be at um yeah you'll be there for uh, pro south they're having their big show this friday and of course saturday did rob rod say he was working man you know this, yep that's Halloween is gay Christmas. You know, Rob Rod <laughs> is engaging in yep. some kind of shenanigans somewhere. Come on. Now. No, no, yeah. seriously. If, bad too time. bad Rob Rod can't go, but we have a number of correspondents that have popped up as of late, including Charles yes. Felder. So um, if you can make it out to the show, please, if you want to yeah. send in a report, we would love it. And Wrestling United sure certainly would. would appreciate it. But um, we have a tipping point in two weeks, and Larry – Apparently, you are already on it like a murder hornet and have gotten two great guests. Please. Indeed. We're going to be featuring women's wrestling uh, in two weeks, specifically the two participants in a match that's going to take place at WrestleMerica. Uh, Dream Girl Ellie will be one of the guests. The other one will be Samantha Starr, a third generation. What What a pedigree she's got. Nice. Uh, related to Sam Houston. I mean, daughter of Sam Houston, baby doll. Her uncle's Jake Roberts. Talk about steeped in wrestling. So we'll have Samantha Starr and Dream Girl Ellie in two weeks. Nice. Well, as always, check out Georgia Wrestling History, gwhnewsandnotes.blogspot.com. And, of course, I put out freaking wrestling videos a mile a minute. And, you know, to... Special shout out to my Patreon fans and anybody, by the way, who wants to slip me 25 extra dollars so I can get Dream Girl Ellie's only girl, only fans, so that way I can ask intelligent questions that only I can ask. Feel free to do so. Other than that, for Larry Goodman, I am Stephen Platinum. Thank you to our guest tonight. A lot of fun here on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.